I, well, okay, who would it take to make this official? Uh, I don't know. Um, okay. An official pretty boy. No, you are the official pretty boy of comics, because I have heard no <laughs> other comic book comic book aficionado, collector, seller, writer, artist, call themselves, or have, so, or have somebody call them the pretty boy of comics. So yeah, and I didn't call myself. That was all It is you. Um, also, this is Tyler, the beard of comics. Yes, the bearded boy of comics. <laughs> Um, really good. Um, started a new job. Um, most people know uh, I'm an art teacher. I teach sixth through twelfth grade art. Started at a new school this week. Uh, I think it went well. But anyway, uh, overall though, it was a good week. Um, just got back from my in-laws though. Let me tell you, that was something. My God, I always do this. Um, to brain, brain freeze. Brain fart. Right my, my mother and father-in-law live in one of those, um, God, they're sh- like sheds that you see along like major roads where they're like someone has manufactured, you know, sheds and they're showing you all their different options. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, and they're they're sure. prefab sheds, okay? <laughs> that okay. then you buy and they just move it onto your property. Well, you mean a mobile home? Nope. It's a shed. It is a shed. What? Like a garden shed. Okay. My wife's grandmother. Working plumbing? No. No. What? No electricity. No plumbing. No amenities. Okay, so listen to this. Huh? I went there today. I'm really confused right now. Okay. Imagine <laughs> a prefabricated shed. I can. Someone someone moves it onto a yard, okay. and my mother and father-in-law live out of it. How? Okay, so my there- my wife's grandma owns a house in Clark, South Dakota, and she lives in the house with my wife's brother, and my wife's parents live in the shed in the backyard. What? There, there is a extension cord running to the shed, then connected to a power strip where they plug all their stuff into. How do they survive in the winter? I don't know if they've had a winter in it yet because they this just went up the uh, this early summer, late spring. How big is the shed? Big enough for a queen size bed. And that's it. Yep. Is there a TV? They do have a TV in there. Is yeah. There a radio? Yeah. They do have, you know, little things like that. Yeah. This sounds like a prison. Yeah. No, this is real. I saw. So I was sitting with my father and father-in-law on his <laughs> on his porch if you will uh today and i said how much does this cost i mean like how much does one of these cost oh geez this one was about five grand but they moved it on here for free for free yep that's the kicker man yep that's the real deal yep. well that is uh strange and unusual well and dangerous my and probably not legal my my in-laws are the epitome of the word hillbilly okay you've met my wife 
She's educated. She put herself through college. She's, she's a nice lady. She's very nice. She's super cool. Doesn't you know? She puts up with my you know collecting habits and yeah, never she puts up with your happy ass. And she doesn't say shit, right? She's great. And then, and yet, uh, I can't believe where she's came, where she's come from. That's... And so, just to give you an idea, this is just a little taste of the kind of people they are. Her dad is missing some teeth, and I asked. Uh, I said, hey, you ever thought about getting uh, caps or something, you know? And he said that his guard, the VA insurance from the National Guard. Won't cover it. Nope. They will cover the dentures, but not the tooth extraction. That's the cheap part, though. He's letting them rot out. Okay, but the tooth extraction is better than let them rot out because you could get loss of bone density. You could get mouth cancer. You could get gangrene, like you could get staff. Like seriously, you could get I'm a lot with of you. Stuff. I'm with you. You, you got to meet this man. He is so convoluted. He has no idea about anything. Will cost literally a hundred dollars a tooth. Yep. And he the d- dentures will be thousands, which the VA will cover. Okay, he's late fifties, and he is retired. And I want to tell you, you want to know what he's retired from? A paper route. For the what? I have known the man for about seven years, and when I met him. He was doing a paper out like a high school kid. And then he announced to me one day, hey, I'm retiring next week from his paper route. After talking with my wife, he has been fired from nearly every single job he's ever had, be it from the um, the runnings, you know, running stores. Yeah. Uh, he, he used to work there. He used to work at a tire place where he would put tires on cars. I mean, he's done... The whole gamut of, of jobs. Yeah. Um, you Lots know. of different things. Yeah. He has an extensive collection of name tags and hairnets. Um, <laughs> cool. Awesome. <laughs> that was from Wayne's World. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, he is just unemployable. I swear. He just too much of a jerk, I guess. He gets fired all the time. Um, anyway, so then having to listen to him rant and rave about how awesome his new... Uh, home slash bedroom is uh, i'm pretty sure they use the main house though for other stuff bathroom and stuff because there's no plumbing in this shed <laughs> this is strange and unusual my friend uh-huh i will have Pe- i will have peggy and, get me a picture uh, of it and we will post it on our website and mo- social media we will post it what, what they are living in a little sad oh god it's it's beyond a little sad so I saw, okay, well, the reason for the visit is my daughter was born three weeks ago. Yes, congratulations on that. Uh, yeah. On to happier news. Yes. So they hadn't, um, they have met her once, but it was really brief. And so we decided we were going to make a trip up to Clark um, to see, Peggy's really close with her great aunt and her aunt and uncle. And so we, we took them out for dinner. And we did tell Peggy's parents we were coming, but that we were going to come visit them at their house. Well, they found out that we were at the restaurant with other family members, so they were a little hurt. And it's hard to explain to them that when those two are around, we don't get to really talk with other people because they're so overbearing. You know, yeah. they're so... Some people just got to cut ties with it in this world, man. There's no other way to do it. You know you what? Have to, sometimes you got to be the bad guy. They are so nice to me, though, that... That would be hard for me as their son-in-law. You know what I mean? Like, they, as clueless and bumpkin as they are, they have been nothing but 
nice to me my whole life or my whole relationship with their daughter. Yeah. So that would be hard for me if we if we just went, up, oh, they're out. What can you do? Nah, I don't know. Let's do some. Oh, wait, how was your week? Oh, my week was good, man. Just busy, 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 working, working, working. Uh, speaking of work, though, this episode's brought to you, of course, by Rainbow Comics, Cards, and Collectibles. Beautiful 3310 South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You can also check them out, 1501 Pine Lake Road in Lincoln, Nebraska. And everywhere on the World Wide Web at rainbowcomicsandcards.com. Yeah, I love Rainbow. I can come in here. I get all my supplies, my bags, my boards. Uh, I just bought a another short box because my comic collection is expanding, expanding exponentially. Expanding. I have a stack that I need to go through right here very soon and uh, start to categorize, start to put away. And uh, yeah. it's like a task, you know, that takes me it, at least an hour because... Oh, it takes me a couple. Maybe a couple because you can not only have to put in, like, one book or move, like, three. You have to move them all. Yeah, you know, because... Especially if you're, like... Integrating, integrating yes if like, you're ugh. yep if you're putting new comic books like i've got a short box full that need to go into the long-term collection those boxes are virtually full in themselves so you yeah. gotta shift everything yeah and so, so i think i might just buy a new a new short box yeah and then just work from there <laughs> okay well here's my here's my dilemma i'm gonna start selling off some of the series that i've started and just didn't like yeah um but what would you recommend? Amazon, eBay, um, any other sites? eBay, eBay is easy to use. Yeah. It's I would say for ease of use, eBay is uh, pretty pretty good. Yeah. Amazon, there's a few hoops you gotta jump through. Yeah. So. Because I know you you sell a lot of stuff online. Yeah. Um, I just it feels so minimal to send one comic book, you know. But rarely do people want a mixture of comic books. I mean, that's the thing, you know. Uh, sell the ones that are worth it, and then the rest of them, jump them for a dollar somewhere. Yeah. You, know, you and your wife have a, have a garage sale, put them out there for a buck a piece. Someone's gonna eat them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just you have to you have to know where your value is, which you do. Sell those at full retail or a little bit less. Take a little bit of a hit just to move it. Yep. And the rest is slush. I mean, just take the hit. You knew you you know that you're not gonna get full retail back out of it. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a hobby that once in a great while you make your money back and hopefully that makes up the spread. Yeah. But for the majority you're gonna lose money if you're in this for a financial gain. Yeah, you know? if if comic collecting and comic selling was easy in terms of making pro- huge profit, everybody would do it. But it's it's not. It's it's a game and everybody's following the game and uh Luckily, we get some enjoyment out of it uh, deep down. I am to the money thing. It's for, not just about money. For it's me, about reading the books. For me, yeah, it's about reading the books and the intrinsic value of you know the hunt. Yeah. Especially if I'm trying to collect back issues, right? Mm-hmm. If I could get all the back issues at one spot, like here at Rainbow, um, it would just take away all the fun. You know, I can find. I know there are some here that I need, but if I bought them all at once, I don't know. It just would feel. The- the journey would be over. Yeah, you know, so once in a while, you know, you usually see me on the new wall, but once in a while I'll be in the back issues finding one issue that I'm going to add to that collection, you know. Yeah. Because uh, that's fun for me just to add it in a little bit. But Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, uh, we do have a pretty decent week of books. Uh, Tyler and I pretty... I have uh, all image books this week. I think mine are most... Well, I got a Vertigo book, I got an image book, I got an image book, I got an image book. And I got a back issue that I want to talk about, but it, it does tie into a um, Titan Comics 
oh release sure so so yeah i mean you and i though we did kind of spread out here in terms of what we oh got. i know we only covered one comic the same that's crazy yeah it's going to be an interesting hey for the show notes i'm going to need a list of what you got no problem i can get that to you uh, what do you want to cover first, my friend? Let's do uh, The Walking Dead. We both got the Ezekiel cover. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, he's been gone for a while, but um, yeah, he has. Uh, we're I think almost twenty issues now. But he's so been he was such a cool character. I mean, he had a tiger. He did have a tiger, which was pretty badass. It really led to his persona of he's in charge. Yeah, he's the and, king. And they alluded to it in uh, a prior issue. Yeah. Um, the Bilson Cabbage cover is definitely the big highlight this week. Um, him doing these character covers. Uh, they're very striking. They're very gorgeous. Uh, and they're going to be really, really cool once uh, the whole set is done you know, in December. Right. So I'm still waiting for that Negan cover. But I'm guessing it's coming. Gonna... It's going to probably be the last one. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. Come on, man. I, I'm waiting for Negan to be back in the story. Uh, me too. Where has he been? What's going on? Well, we saw a little bit of where he's been um, probably we about six like, months ago. One issue. But, uh, but, I mean, where has he been since then? So it'd be really nice for Negan to return because he brings so much, um, uh, just, a wild, he's a wild card. You yeah. I mean, you never know what you're going to get when he's in the story. Uh, we pick up in Walking Dead 183, though. Uh, this one is titled, And Michonne Without Her Sword. Um, we are getting a little bit more into what Michonne is up to and how her- she's trying to live in this world where they've offered her a job as a lawyer uh, at the Commonwealth, which is this new place that has, how, what? Hundred thousand people. Or something yeah, it's like huge. It's, it's huge. big. So they've they've offered her a job at this place to work for her privileges. Yeah. And since she holds such a high prestigious job, she gets prestigious privileges. Um, but that's kind of where we pick up. Uh, her and she's been reunited with her daughter at this place, and they're on their way to this kind of getaway place. Yeah, it's oh. like a, it's a, like a little. Um, it's a it's a little hamlet that's. Yeah. Village close to the Commonwealth. Where people kind of go to take a break. Uh huh. And they're being escorted. And Michonne does feels she does not need an escort. But the daughter is saying, "Mom, it's just the way things are done. Get used to it." Uh, then uh, they come ap- across some zombies. Some roamers. We haven't seen we haven't seen any roamers, walkers, zombies in a long time. So this is kind of cool because there's a group of them, and they're. Um, Guy that's dressed like a stormtrooper, mm-hmm. uh, he is gonna try to go make short work of him, but he's quickly overrun. Michonne gets in there and kicks ass, <laughs> as she has done ever since Walking Dead issue nineteen. It's awesome. Yeah, so she goes in there, just eviscerates these uh, these walkers and hands the guy his gun back. She's he like, goes, "Here's your gun." No, she, yeah, yeah, she's just like your rifle. Your rifle, and there he's like, go. "Thanks." <laughs> the daughter's like, "Mom." Yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> Well, she didn't she, know. She didn't know any of this. Well, she wouldn't. You know, they've been separated since this whole thing started. So. Yeah, we're talking years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, they get on their merry way, though. The walker threat has been dealt with, and uh, the stormtrooper uh, guy—he's the you know their, their guide or their their uh, liaison, if you will. Um, if this was in color, we probably wouldn't call him a stormtrooper. Because I doubt that his uniform is white. They do. These guys are wearing white armor. The only one who's not wearing white is uh, Mercer. Okay. The commander guy. He's in red. Is okay. Mm-hmm. So they are in white armor. Oh, they are. Yeah. I I just felt like okay, maybe they look. They kind of look like a SWAT team, um, ready to go in, but they're white. So it, they very much look like Star Wars stormtroopers. It's very, stu- but it's a, uh, you know, white is the color of purity. White is the color of, you know, um, there's just. Um, there's like a. 
I wasn't reading regularly at the time. Where did they get them? That I don't know. Uh, they could have been made. You know, there's, yeah. this is this is something where it's kind of new. It's it's new, and uh, these guys have been there for years, and they've got hundred thousand people. I think hundred thousand people can figure out how to mass produce some uh, white riot armor. Yep. But who knows? So they get to this little getaway. I mean, think of it as Martha's Vineyard for the president. <laughs> Uh, and they're greeted by a um, caretaker of sorts. Yeah. Um, she's going to stable their horses for them and shows them where they're going to be staying, and they're just kind of blown away. Uh, I really liked th- – I really thought this issue was pretty boring up until – The event. The event that happens. with it. I was I – was, I was okay with it. I was, I was always on board with the um, – you know, it's a slow burn comic. Um, for the last year or so, but this That's one kind of getting to you, or was getting to you before the events of this book. No, not until this issue did I think it was getting to me. That's and, what I meant. Like this, yep, this, this issue. Like, all of a sudden, I'm going, okay, enough. <laughs> and it was, yeah, the second half of this book, I was going, thank God I didn't put it down. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, this it starts to really ramp up, and this is the beauty about Walking Dead and why it's gone on so long is they have a great time at this this uh, this little getaway. It's like a lake, you know, people go to like Lake Ponset and they go to the they go to uh, the Dells and they go yeah. down to Okaboji, you know, local in, yeah, in our area, in yeah. In our area, you know, people get go to get away. That's exactly what this place is. There's a beautiful scene of just no words of her and her daughter enjoying the time that they're there. They're eating, they're sitting on the dock. Michonne even has a cry and her, the the daughter's like, "What's wrong?" She's like, absolutely nothing like which yep. means that she's never been able to just not care about what is going on around her and feel like she has nothing to do you know what i mean yeah when they, especially in this world um but that wraps up kind of their time there it looks like they kind of spent the night and then they're going to head back um and before this before before they're going to get ready to go back the caretaker she's got a gift package or a parcel full of amenities yeah food food i think there's a bottle of wine in there there's food um it's a care package of great stuff so then michonne overhears a mom and her kids talking about how hungry they are and they're look they're at a marketplace yeah yeah it's a a little shoreline shanty yeah it sells like fruit it's an outdoor marketplace Yeah. yeah yeah and the kid's like but i want it i want it and the mom's like you know we can't afford that and michonne says wait a minute she takes the bag of stuff and hands it over to the family, and the family was like, we can't take this. She's like, seriously. like I can't believe that the caretaker lady goes, there was a very nice wine in there and very expensive cheese. And I'm going, wow, I guess it really isn't the Commonwealth. Because the whole point of the Commonwealth was basically they made communism work, uh, in my opinion. Everybody worked, and everybody got their share, and and but, now you see this... But in- Communism, everybody works, but everybody works for equal pay. Yeah. Doctors get paid the same amount as guys who put shoes together. Right. This isn't that. No, not at this retreat place, but in the main part of the Commonwealth, you think, did you get the impression there was a hierarchy? Yeah. Did you? Okay. People who live in the big palace and work for the governor, you know? Okay. People who work or who are in her soldier employ. The lawyers, you know, I mean, Michonne seeing it, they, she was given that giant, huge apartment. Yeah. She's given it to her because she's a lawyer, because of her status. It's not about, it's not about being the same. 
working towards a common goal. That's what Rick is, what Rick's got. You're right, yeah. The Commonwealth that... is more about what the old world is. It's who you are in the old world. The it's, new world, you know. That's you, who you are. Yeah. I, yeah, the you're right. You, the higher the position you hold, the more important you are. You're right. I just can't believe that this lady who runs this retreat thing was so put off that yes. that Michonne gave these two a needy family. That's the way that these things work in this in this Commonwealth place, which is wrong. I it is. You know, you could see her distaste that she did this, and Michonne's going, "Sorry, seems they needed it more than we do." Yeah, and uh, it's literally the fuse that kind of lights this next powder keg of yes. what's about to happen, um, and it's kind of just some foreshadowing. But they're back on the road, and they notice that the place where they were attacked with walkers is all clean now. So yeah. it's, it's like it never happened. And that chauffeur, he told them, yeah, it'll be cleaned up shortly. Yeah, don't worry about it. it yep. yep. Um, but as they're coming through this place and um, going... They're, they're back at the Commonwealth. Yeah, they're, they're getting back. There is uh, some commotion about uh, these people are kind of running down the street. Yep. And Michonne says, what's going on to a passerby? And uh, this guy says, they attacked someone. Or uh, they say someone attacked an officer, which is one of those stormtrooper guys. And yep. she just starts darting in. And her daughter, of course, is telling her to wait. And then we come upon the scene of just brutality. These guys are just beating this guy down oh, yeah. on, the, on the sidewalk. It really echoes today when we see news reports of police brutality and yeah, I mean, this is definitely getting into a statement piece. Very Rodney King uh, here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the scene is straight out of that, you know? And um, the crazy part is, is Michonne jumps in, and she is telling these guys to stop she back, beating this guy. She gets him to back off. And she looks up, and the person beating the guy is the guy who escorted them back. Like, yeah, that escorted them to the retreat, not right. the one that escorted them back home. Excuse me, yeah. It was the first guy, the one they really connected with, yeah, the one that the one that she, the one that Michonne saved from the attackers. Yeah. Um, and she's just, Appall- like, she's appalled. Yeah, I mean, they thought she thought they were friends. She thought she knew this guy. Yep. And here he is beating a guy literally to death on the sidewalk. Yep. And um, now we get into the political intrigue of this book, and I really like what they're doing here. They're almost bringing like a courtroom drama into this which is cool kind of you know i think it's funny they bring they bring the handsome dude that we originally met when um we heard about the commonwealth mm-hmm. right um he was the original um um the original person who uh the original contact yeah i'm first... trying to i'm trying to think of what what you would call him liaison i guess yeah. and he's coming into the room to make sure everything is okay you know <laughs> he's there he's there to smooth it over with michonne and um, he tells her the man's not okay. He's clinging to life. Um, there's a lot of swelling on his brain. Don't know if he's going to pull through. And Michonne is just upset. Yeah, she's like, this is bad. Like, really, really bad. You guys are working towards something that could just explode. Especially now that she's forcing... Like, he's he doesn't say it yet. But he, right, right before... Or right after she says it's very bad, he says, I know but I need you to defend my officers in the court of law. Yeah, because she's their lawyer. Yeah, because she's accepted that job. Yep. So now, and he tells her, it's not, I'm not asking you. Well, yeah, it's not, it's, she doesn't get a choice. She is the public defender, and these men need public defense. And he's trying to explain that there was was, uh, a romantic entanglement with this man and one of the officer's wives. I don't know, you think that's a lie? 
my first thought was he they won't even bring that up because that would make that would make it a, a like a above the law issue you know what i mean yeah if that's if that's really why this started then that's not something a group of officers should be beating a man over no you know what I mean? but that's what he says here is what he says that but uh at the bottom down here he says i want you to defend the officers involved prove they did nothing wrong oh yeah you know what i mean yeah so if there is a romantic triangle happening uh, they're in the wrong then if they're beating the guy because he struck an officer because that officer was sleeping with his wife i mean there's got to be you know if someone was sleeping with my wife and i punched him i'd still be in trouble i would still be in trouble you would be but i don't think they really even want that We'll see. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't know. (laughs) And uh, Michonne later is talking to her daughter saying, you know, it took everything not to attack the, to attack him, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, she doesn't, she's not really the one to be told what to do. No. Or take. No. uh, No choice. And she didn't, she didn't see this as coming to this when she accepted the job. She didn't see it as that these would be corrupt police officers if you call them police corrupt officers and that she would then have to prove that they did no wrong right yeah and i mean this is a very complex complex situation michonne ran in as this guy was just being getting the beat down what what kind of lawyer was she beforehand did we ever find out i'm not sure but uh it was just her employee in the because maybe she wasn't my my stepsister is a lawyer um and if i needed her she would probably recommend me to someone else because she does um um marine law um mm, so sure. she, her her expertise is in military police no marine like water like, oceans oh okay i thought yeah. you marine is in like no nope. yes sir sir yes sir no nope. marine is in um oceanic. oceanic law yeah um that's interesting yeah now she it is live here to do that no she lives in ba- uh no rhode island um, I was gonna say, I mean, don't yep. you have to live by the ocean to be? Yeah, she lives in Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, but she's also she's also a um, uh, uh, library a law library um, custodian. I guess I I feel really bad if she's listening to this because <laughs> I don't know how to say her job title correctly. Oh, well, do you know it, your family? It, Round it, one. If somebody is researching a case, they go to my sister. I got you. Okay, she's a store of information. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. But when she was in law school, she her focus was in um, marine law, like biological yeah. marine life law. Yes. I guess I is that what I'm trying to say? I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm describing it poorly. No, Sorry, Alicia. It evolves it involves a lot of it involves a lot of things. I'm sure she deals with uh, ecology things. Yeah. I'm sure she deals with biology stuff, yep. and I'm sure she deals with boating laws and yes. fishing laws and uh, marine laws of, of like wildlife. You know what I mean? Like, yep. There's a lot of it. So my so. point is, if Michonne was not a criminal defense attorney, she this may have. this may be difficult for her yeah. to to um, adjust her scruples a little bit and defend these guys, even if they're guilty. Yeah. And going to what you said earlier with uh, this book being the slow burn book. This book ramps up real fast. Yeah, right it's here. Like we have right. our moment of peace in the beginning. Yep. And then Michonne and her daughter are having uh, dinner, and the guy comes in, the guy who's been uh, telling her that, you know, you need to defend my officers. 
he comes in and he says, Anthony Keith has died. The yep. Guy so now it's a murder trial. Yeah. It's not even a, it's not even a, a defend these uh, against an attack. I mean, it's not even an assault thing anymore. It's a murder trial. Yeah. And then they jump right into the place where Michonne is staying. And there's people outside picketing. Like, yep. You know, with signs that says, defend the innocent, not the guilty. The law can be bought. Or, the law can, oh yeah, the law can be bought. Um, wrong side of the law. Just things like that. You know, they're starting to, people are starting to protest. Well, at first it was just protests with signs, which, you know, fine. And then, uh-huh. and then it breaks into a full-scale riot. Full-scale when, riot. When the officers show up with their shields and their batons and start, uh, everything just starts getting violent. Explodes. Yeah. This is the match that lit the powder keg. Yep. Big old gas, or not gas can, trash can comes flying through Michonne's window. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, then the troopers are coming in to, I don't know what to do, but what they're, they're doing. To just, I mean, they're just, it's martial law at this point. This point you know yeah. what I mean? Like, now Save yourself. Everyone's a target, you know what I mean? If you're involved in a riot, well, you either get to running or get to fighting. Like, yep. That's your pretty much your only choice. Yep. At um, this same time, Rick and the governor yeah. get back yeah. from Rick's community. Yeah. They get back to the um, Commonwealth, and all she can say, the governor, is, holy shit. Well, holy fuck. Oh, yeah. You're right. Holy fuck. Rick's sitting there on his horse, staring back at her, going, This is your community? Wow. <laughs> it's a great way to end this book. A uh, huge cliffhanger. It is... I understand where you're coming from with the slow burn. I've, I've come to just love this book. Uh, you know, too. the slow burns never bugged me, but this one, like the minute it started and it was just, yeah, they're on a nice horse ride. And then I'm going, then they're on a retreat. I'm going, holy fuck, let's get moving. <laughs> and this issue did it. Thank man. God it did. Yeah, that issue really, really fired things up again. And uh, we're, we're back into the action and... But it's so different now. The action is so different. The book is so yeah. dramatic. Yeah, because it it's about new society, you know, yeah, and how is new society supposed to work out? Is that a piece of your tripod that you broke? I, it might be. Man. Uh, so what happened is right before we started recording, my digital recorder has a small little tripod that um, while I was setting it up, one of the legs broke. And um, not like it's a big deal. I have external mics, which we're using right now, and I just can set the thing on the table. So you done broke today. Not really that concerned because I can get another one, and I'm sure, fairly cheap. It's just a <laughs> tabletop tripod for a <laughs> handheld digital recorder. Yeah. Pretty easy. Um, um, you want to cover one of your books? Oh, I'm sorry. No. This is, we're going to interject here with Marvel Trivia. Bam. Let's do it. Uh, this is a new segment we added last week. And not that... I did it last week because we were talking about Marvel books, but now it's just kind of funny. It is kind of fun. And it it uh, generates conversation and is a, a nice... Uh... This one, I don't know if you'll know. Oh, you might. Maybe. I was pretty good last week. By, last week, I think I was like... I'm going to ask you... Seven for eight. <laughs> By what supervillain name is Johann Schmidt more commonly known? Red Skull. Okay, you knew it way better than I thought you would. <laughs> I thought that I I didn't know that I guess. Johan Schmidt, it's the Red Skull, man. All right. That's an easy one. Do you know yep. One? Oh, you want to know? Oh, yeah. Fine, fine. Last week, last week I burned this stuff. This week I'm, I'm starting off hot. Cool yeah. me down. Yeah. Some of them are just dumb, and I don't even want to read them. You know. Well, some of them are just so nonsensical. There uh, should be like a level, like a like a you know level one question, level two question. Yeah. Question. Well, you know what we should actually do? We should actually play this game sometime because there are rules to it. 
Screw the rules. We don't, we don't, we don't do play by the stuff. rules. Okay, Dr. Ted Salas is also known as what bizarre creature that was created in the Florida Everglades? Ted Oh, Swamp Thing. Is that Marvel? Swamp oh, Thing is sorry, not... That's DC Man Thing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You had so, the right idea. I did. I'm not either a Man Thing, a Swamp Thing fan, or either of those... Me either. Well, I liked Swamp Thing for a while, especially during DC. Um, uh, the, I don't. I what, don't what's the reboot that was right before the current one? Uh, New 52. Yeah, the New 52. That Swamp Thing series was pretty good for the first few issues. Um, I really liked Jeff Lemire's run on Animal Man, too. Oh, Scott I, Snyder, he wrote Swamp Thing for that. I don't get the Swamp Thing thing. Yeah. Like, I just... I don't know. I, I'm sure the stories are great. I've just, I've never really been like, yeah, let's read Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just, and I know there's probably fans out there like, what? You don't like Swamp Thing? It's not that I don't like Swamp Thing. I just think is I just don't. itself is not something I want to read. I yeah, I get that. I feel that a lot with a lot of characters. And Swamp Thing is kind of one of them, too. Um, but uh, second, next question for you on the same card. Who became the second version of Ant-Man by stealing the technology from Henry Prim? Oh, that's uh, Scott Lang. Yeah, or okay. Pim. 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 Yeah. Pim Particles. Yep. How Scott Lang, how do you know that? Because um, I wouldn't have known who the second Ant-Man was. He's, I mean, it, it, it's in the movie, too, Scott Lang. I haven't seen the Ant-Man because no. it looked dumb. It's good. Because it's not really a superhero movie. It's more like a heist movie. Yeah. And he's just a part of it. So. Okay. And it's, it's have you seen... Really good. Have you seen Ant-Man really Ant and the Wasp yet? I have not seen it. Okay. Because it's not one... Like, I liked Ant-Man quite a bit. It mm-hmm. was fun. But I don't really have, like, a huge emotional attachment to the character. And it's not something where I'm like, it's a must-see for me, you know? Sure. I'll, I'll go out and see it eventually. But it'll probably be, like, cheap seats or Redbox. You know, I, I want to bring up Spawn this month because... Spawn number what? Spawn, number 289, by Todd McFarlane, art by Jason Sean Alexander. Uh, Yep. Basically, um, a lot of stuff comes to fruition that's been going on in the last few issues. Everything becomes clear. Um, Spoiler, spoiler, Spawn is searching for who ordered the hit on his wife. Um so uh, it only took him 200 and some odd issues to figure that out. No, 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 no. You're, he, he, in the early issues, he was trying to figure out who hit, put the hit on him. Right. When did his wife die? Issue what? Like um, or something? I don't know. Um, I could look it up quick while you're... So anyway, it, the blame falls all the way up to the president. Check this out. Uh, Man, look at that. So they do a spoof on Donald Trump. That's our boy. The hair is awesome in this one. <laughs> Isn't it? Don't it's you just, pretty great. I think it's sweet. It's pretty spot on. Yeah. Well, anyway, Spawn is starting to realize that angels and demons are, um, you can't tell who's good and who's bad anymore. Uh, it's one giant conspiracy, one side using members of the other side to get what they want. Uh, Trump in this book doesn't even realize he's being used by the a- the angels. Um, so it's Wait, pretty good. He's being used by the angels? Yeah. Somebody's got that backwards. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he just yells out here he, at Trump. Spawn goes, I want to know who killed my wife. And I know, I've know i known she's been dead for a long time. I just was not reading Spawn regularly when that happened. And so in um, 
the series, Spawn has had tons of enemies, like Cygor. He was a cy- you know, cyborg Cyber gorilla. gorilla. Right. He's had Overt Kill, one of the, his first enemies. He's um, reprogrammed Overt Kill for himself. Uh, the Curse, I don't know if you remember him. And then The Freak, also from very early episodes. The Freak is a really disgusting villain. Yes. However... That was Todd McFarlane's art that made him look really disgusting. This is Jason Todd, or Jason, Jason, Jason Todd. Alexander's um, art makes it look more like a corpse yeah, instead. A bit. So instead of the crazy villainous child molester, type of secret sex meeting. Nope. Um, Spawn is bringing them all together to take down the men that killed her, killed his wife. Weird. Yeah. He's put this whole plan in action, how he got, um, basically got overt kill the technology and the robot itself from the government. So now he has him and he's, he's made control of him and it's getting to, I think that's, I think that's outrageous. Do you? Yeah. When it comes, when you think about the context of those characters, uh, from 200 issues ago. Right. Yeah. But how many... How many people has the freak killed? You know, a millions. Right. Like, and how many people has like all these characters like put in danger and all that? And yeah, like, yeah. Someone's gonna like work with them. Like, I get it. Yep. He's a dark character, but yep. he is mostly about saving people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it yep. just seems really wrong, like for that character to do that. Yeah, it does. Um, it doesn't seem right. So I think it's being justified that Spawn has converted them in some way, reprogrammed or otherwise. Sure. You know. <laughs> I mean, it, it Spawn to me would rip the freak in half and just it, move on. Yeah. You know? Yep. He would, he would like, Hellraiser him, put him up in some chains, and literally, like, like... No, I'm with you. Quarter and draw him. Like, it's a cool... Just, you know, ever since Jason... Sh- Jason Sean Alexander took over artwork, um, it's been really graphic. Um, in this issue an angel was strung up by the back of his skin you remember you know those people that yep. they got piercings in their skin and they yeah. hang themselves right Suspension. yeah this this angel was hung up like that and then spawn just ripped one of his wings off just literally just ripped it off and he says be glad i only did one you know um it seems like, I don't know. It seems like spawn has just become different than i mean it has to be because and I'm coming from a, a Spawn, like, outsider. Like, I read Spawn when I was a kid because yeah. everybody did. It was huge. Like, it was just, it was one of those comics that was just, everybody was getting it. Everybody was into it. Yeah. And I read it. I watched the HBO stuff when I was a kid. I wasn't mm-hmm. close to, but I totally did. Yeah. You know, the movie came out. We were all into the toys. I love the movie soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack's great. But, yeah, it just, I don't know. That ending to that book where you said that I was... I don't know why that hit me so hard. Like, that's not Spawn. That's dumb. <laughs> that's like Spider-Man recruiting the Sinister Six. Right. Like, which I think has probably happened. Yeah, I'm like, sure. I'm sure they've worked together. But the Sinister Six are also. You have to put the you have to put the perspective. Like, that's a comic book world of Marvel. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe them guys have killed some people, but not like. Yeah. In the way that Spawn villains do. Spawn villains. Villain. Spawn villains are serial killers and murderers and drug addicts and yes, freaks. Spawn literal, literal freaks. Spawn Spawn in general is a more God's gonna sound stupid. You're fine. Uh, it's a more realistic book, and and I'm and it's gonna sound in stupid because of, in terms of how the world actually works. You know, how the world works, yes. But we're talking about a war of heaven and hell. Yeah. I mean, that's what this book is about. Right. Um, but in terms of, of its graphic nature. 
guess. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you got unnatural there. The 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 pig fucker story. <laughs> unnatural. Mirka Andolfo's unnatural issue number three. So there's something about this book that really has grasped me, and uh, I think it's just the fact that Mirka Andolfo, what she's done here is really cool. Uh, she's created this web and spread beautiful art and a book that does have sexual overtones in it. Yeah. But put so many underlying things about today's society and how we treat LGBTQ people and how we treat human rights yeah. in this book. And it's all hidden and disguised with the pretty artwork and the um, overtly sexual nature of the book. But there's something to be said here if you're really, really looking for it. And I've been looking for it, and yeah. I found it in every issue. Yeah. And this, I think, is what Snot Girl should have been. Yeah. Like I could see that. When I read Snot Girl, I was, that first six-issue run, loved it. Yeah. But then when it ended with that six-issue run, and then just picked up. Went and nowhere. And just disregarded its own cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, what? Yep. This book, every issue has left off on a cliffhanger, and every issue picks up where it's left off, and it's just... Is awesome. I really like it. Huh. I think you would too. I think so. I, well, it's only on issue three. I can probably jump in yeah. if issue one is still available. Yep. And I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to pull shade over anybody's eyes here. It's a book that is very sexualized in terms of, and it's it's weird because they're animals. And yeah. There's a furry quality to it. I hate to use that or, or yeah, like, tag you, them. You know? Well, yeah, because I mean, it's, it's not like, a slam against furry. No, no, no. Um, but it, it totally is aimed at that kind of subculture. But it's, I think, it's just, if you used actual people for the art, this yeah. book would not play off the same way. No. Um, the, the, the actual, like Animal Farm, using right. animals as a way to tell a story, uh-huh. it really makes a difference. Like these people or animals are not allowed to breed with other species which i mean come on in today's world obviously but in this they all seem to be the same um level of intelligence um they're all sentient they all they all imagine the movie zootopia yeah yeah but uh but But dirty but an r-rated zootopia yeah this is it yeah um speaking of which i totally thought that fox and that bunny were gonna get together (laughs) i did the whole time I, no, 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 no. Lit. But in a kid's version, like they were going to walk like, off holding hands. Yeah. Yeah. And this is that, but for adults. And mm-hmm. it, it, this book wouldn't play off in that same way with humans drawn in it because there'd be no, like, I don't know, there'd be no controversy there. And I, I think the even the title is clever, Unnatural, because uh, it's, you know, the book is all about the unnatural love between other animals, loving other animals, and yep. how that's not natural. Right. It's, also unnatural for me to like a book like this because of the way it's packaged and the way it's presented. Yeah. But you remember that first issue, we both were under the impression that this was going to be just a skin book. A know? skin book more like uh, heavy metal was, you know, uh, heavy metal or even like tarot. Yeah. I mean like a, a lot more adult or AO kind of books. Yep. Um, AO for anybody who doesn't know is adults only. This I don't think it would even touch a, a, an AO rating. It's very M, but not over that. There's okay. no 
there's no grotesque. You know? Not for kids, but yet still. Um, it's a mature book. And it's a mature book, but as an adult, you don't feel dirty reading it? No, no, not at all. And I'll defend this book. It's just there's really cool undertones in here. I mean, I'm not averse to porn. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've got my fair collection. This but but for me, that. but for me, what's the... What's the anime version of porn? What's that Hentai. called? Hentai, right? There's something in, something really dirty about that to me. Right. You know. It's unnatural. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. Well, okay, there's one thing. You're looking through Playboy or a Hustler or any skin bag. You're watching, even if you're watching a video, people say, oh, don't watch porn. It gives you unrealistic expectations. It, <laughs> it, 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 uh. No, it uh, um, trivializes women, it, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's one level. But hentai, I'm going, this is just sick. Uh, there's definitely some strange things happening. Yeah. But this is not even that level either. This is. And that was my initial impression, that this would be that level. Yeah, and me too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Looking at it from that face value. I mean, I think that's... Because it, it had a sleeve on it that you couldn't see through, uh, see the actual cover. Right. So, I mean, that's what initially gave me that, uh... It gives you a very taboo vibe. It's like, ooh, naughty. But I I don't know. I really like how what Mirko has done. She's really, like I said, she's built this web, and I'm kind of caught in it. Like, yeah. And I like how when you are reading this book, like, you know, we're having such a conversation about the overall tone and idea yeah. that I, I really think that is what she's wrapping this in. You yeah. Know, I, I love how she's disguised it and I love how she's kind of made it taboo. And you know, that's where it ties, it ties into our title unnatural. Yeah. You know, it's a really just polarizing book. And I, I really think there's something here and I think it's a great, a great read. I mean, it, so far, so so good. I mean, we're three issues in, yeah, and I'm loving every minute of it. And hey, it's awesome, man. It's really I'll have book. to you'll have to remind me when I buy uh, new comics this week. To uh, do you have number one in yeah, still? I do. I do personally, but I mean at the store. At the store, it's long gone. So and we we won't be able to bring it back in. No, I'll I'll have to hunt one down on the internet. But yeah, and you know, and even some of these like Playboy Bunny type shots of of her. Um, I love it. She's got this, you know, what you would see in a Playboy bunny where the, the pose where they're sticking their butt out one way and their, yeah. and their chest the other way. And right above her butt crack is this l- little oh, curly pigtail. pigtail. But, I mean, <clears throat> that market is there for this book totally. Yeah. You know I mean? Yep. But there's so much more here if the, the, the skin deep thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I really like. She's, this I think is marketing genius. She's maybe I'll maybe I'll wait for the trade. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I collect enough series right now. Yeah, I really think this is marketing genius on what she's doing because she's she's telling the story she wants to tell. Yeah, she's wrapping it in the sexy package, and the people who are looking for the sexy are buying it for that. Yeah, people like myself who are wanting to read it because I, I thought there was maybe something more inside. I'm yeah, finding it, and wow, I mean, I just yeah can't say a, enough about it. No, I really can't. I, I just think it's a brilliant idea what she's doing here. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Because she's cornering the market on every aspect of, of this book. Every aspect. That's awesome. It's an AO. It's, you it's, know, it's not an AO. Not so AO. It's, mature. It's, it's a mature title, yes. But it's going to get the crowd who wants it for the beautiful art. It's going to get the crowd like myself who wants it for the story and thought there was something extra there. And there totally is. Yeah. And it's going to get guys who just want to read it as like, 
sexy. Yeah. Sexy yeah. 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 Uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, you know, we've had, um, uh, we've talked last week about how the podcast is getting bigger. Yeah. Um, we've been hitting new plateaus. Uh, so I kind of thought of making up a different logo. You designed our one we've had for the last year. Um, and as I was looking at the other day, I'm going, you know, that is really hard to read as a thumbnail. And if we're going into these bigger, uh, expansive um, areas now, people finding our podcasts more often, you know, we're on um, top lists on iTunes and things like that. So I was working on a new logo. So a new, more brightly, eas- more easily read logo will be coming out. I'm not sure if the one I showed you earlier is the one we're going to go with, or but what about something that's just S and G, S and G. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just uh, work work with the initials. Yeah, maybe that but might that's be pretty just good. An idea. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, be on the lookout for that. You may, if in your feed, all of a sudden it's not the smashed glass and smash and grab comics title over the top of it. Uh, it's okay. JP and I, still here. we worked it's, this out. It's still us. Um, one more note so, on Unnatural. Uh, we did just say that uh, it's unavailable for issue number one. Yeah. Uh, if any of these books that we're talking about on our show, uh, you want to start reading, you can go down to our sponsor, uh, Rainbow Comics Cards and Collectibles at 3310 South Minnesota Avenue. Start up a pull list. And yep. The pull list account is where you can get books thrown into a box, separated from the showroom floor, they are saved for you. You can come get them, pick them up, make sure they don't run out day one. So books like Unnatural, where you can't find issue number one anymore, uh, you guarantee yourself that it's going to be in stock. Something to look into. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a great way of I, doing collecting. You know, it's funny. I've changed the way I've used my box. Um, I used to use it for that, where every comic book that I wanted – that I collected as a series. I had the store put in my box. So when I come in, I could just grab it. Uh, but I found that that was really limiting because I was missing series that was coming out. And and I just kind of felt like, Oh, got my books. Yeah. Buy them. Look, peruse the shelf a little bit and just not really pay attention. Yeah. So I've stopped doing that. And I usually use my box now for when I can't afford something and I don't want to miss it. I'll put it in my box till maybe next week when I can buy it. Well, that's the thing. And like, a bo- like a box holder and being a box holder, there's a lot of extra privileges that aren't really just openly said. We we take care of our box holders. We let we do let them put things in their box and within reason. Hold oh them yeah, for, hold them for a certain amount of time. Yeah, it it's wouldn't be indefinitely like, or something. Yeah, it's not like there's a huge stock of stuff in the back where everybody's got a rat, uh, uh, you know a little honey hole where they hide. No, 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 no. I'm not saying like, that. No, no, and I'm not saying you are. I just want to let our listeners know there are undisclosed things that come with a box that other places just don't do and one big thing that we do at rainbow is we're probably one of the only stores left that doesn't require a card on file in terms of your books mm-hmm. we are on an honor-based system we are on the trust-based system of just we are going to pull these books as long as you come in to buy them yeah as long as that agreement is not broken and you don't stick us with books we're not going to charge you for holding that for holding your books how and, how long have you in your experience seen books be sitting in someone's box there are customers that get a, a pass because the, there are some customers that only come in once every six months and no that yeah but that but that that's expected yeah. you guys know that ahead of time i mean i mean the ones that you know all of a sudden they're not showing up anymore and 
their box continually starts getting stuff. Generally, it's about a two month. If we don't see it for two months, then we're going to give you a call. We're going to you know, email yeah, you. Yeah, 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 what's yeah. What's going on? You still collecting? What's, yeah. What's going on here? And if we don't hear back from you, we'll scrap the box. We'll put it back out on the floor. You, you want to? You want to? I got to tell you a funny story, Beck. Uh, in mid two thousands, I opened a box. It, at that time, it was you were. You weren't working here then, but um, he, there was a charge for boxes. And so then I was told, yeah, when you close your box, we will refund like a, it. Like a deposit. We'll refund it. And then I moved to <laughs> away, so I closed my box. And I remember Derek going, okay, it's closed. And then because at that time, it, I didn't know it had switched from free or from pay for it to it cost nothing. Yeah. So he didn't even think about it. And I've always gone, huh, I missed that 10 bucks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, hey, I think you've gotten uh, plenty of, of I, uh, value out of the I, box oh, currently. <laughs> oh, 100%. That's why I've never said a thing because yeah. – but it's just a, one of those funny stories where at that time I'm going, you going to give me my money, man, or what? But then <laughs> I left feeling confused, and then I realized – they don't charge anymore for it. So to him, it didn't even occur to him. I'm sure. And probably was an archaic thing that he didn't even start either. So. Right. Because at the time, there was only two guys working the floor, you know? And so, anywho. Hey, what was that back issue you wanted to bring up? Yeah. Um, another book that came out this week uh, from Titan Comics was uh, Elric. Elric the mm-hmm. Wolf. Um, I had never heard of Me. Elric the White Wolf prior to last week. Me either. I haven't Saturday. heard of him either. Um, but discovering that book came out, I grabbed it, I read it, and there's a long vested history of Elric, and uh, I, I'm going to butcher this name. I don't know how to say it uh, properly, but it's like Melonbone or Melonbonet or something like that, but it, it's like this mystical fantasy world um, that was created in the 60s by okay. a guy named Michael Moorcock. And love that name. Right. Wouldn't you like to be Michael Moorcock? Uh, no, I'd like to be John Lescock. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. It's such a problem. Either way, it sucks. Um, or someone no, does. Uh, but Michael Moorcock uh, oh, created my. a really brilliant gothic fantasy, and Elric was kind of the first to like to do that mm-hmm. in terms of a gothic style and a dark fantasy yeah. where characters are not usually getting the happy-go-lucky outcome. He was always the downtrodden character. He's basically uh, cursed for years with this uh, cursed blade that eats souls, so he has to feed it yeah. to stay alive. And he's left uh, his home country where he was the emperor and ruler because he had to exile himself for his love. Like Sounds like the Dalai Lama having to leave Tibet to go into exile in Pakistan, or India, I mean, um, because the Chinese were taking over. But. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, it's uh, it, there's this huge, long-vested history of this character that I never even knew about. Yeah. And uh, it came out uh, on Wednesday. It was... Uh, the new f- series of it. Yeah, Elric the White Wolf, and is, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's um, chrono- like uh, or putting novel into book. Sure. I'm not sure if it's an adaptation. I think it is, though. Okay. Uh, Because the creator himself was talking about a prior one that they did that he says, 
even is better than his book just yeah. because of the art and the way they approach the story. It's any, it's far and beyond what he could have done with the book, and he's oh. really happy with it. But I grabbed uh, this one out of the back issues uh, as a recommendation from Brian because Neil Gaiman wrote this one. Yeah, and currently Neil Gaiman has brought back his Sandman universe, um, and I just picked up the newest installment of that. Um, which I haven't read yet. I was going to bring it today, but I hadn't even got to it. And with Neil Gaiman stuff, you got to read it slowly um, to really get everything. Yeah. Um, He's a a really um, heady writer, you know. For sure. He builds worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he just recommended this one to me. It's a one-shot. I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet. But I... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Siri was being... She was back-talking me. She said, did you hear her? Sorry, Tyler. Yeah, I did see that. Um... But no, I just wanted to talk about it for a second because I, I read that one, and it's a world I never knew about, yeah. and I'm going to read it because it's uh, kind of eye-opening. Like, it's put out by care. Topps uh, Baseball Card Company. Yeah, when they were doing comics. Yeah, <laughs> that's a long time ago. Yeah, so interesting. And the character Elric in here is more used as a uh, story device than an actual book based on him. Sure. But with Neil Gaiman there, I mean, sure, he's got something crazy up his sleeve on that one. Yeah. Um, but I would say go check out the Elric is what he's called, yep. Eric, uh and uh, The White Wolf the, uh, by Michael Moorcock. The, it's, it's the name is so familiar, and I just can't put my finger yeah, on it. I mean, I've never heard of it. It's new to me, and it was just cool to, like, literally see that one book, and then, boom, an explosion of, like, oh, my God. This guy's right. been around since the 60s, yeah. and there's, like, eight books, and yeah. all these novels, and there's all these comics, and, like, he's a character that's, like, revered and loved, and I'm like, and this you're, is awesome. And as, you know, and, yeah, for us as... Well, who we think of as like, yeah, we know lots about comics. And then yeah. to realize, you know jack shit about yeah, this one. Yeah, the whole world I never even knew. Yeah. About. And he's probably the inspiration for half the fantasy stuff that's out there now. Exactly. Based in it. That's and, cool. Uh, it, it was just cool. I mean, uh, I'm a fan of that stuff, and it, it was a, a book that was eye-opening for a whole new fandom I didn't even know about. Right. So just a quick spot on it. I won't go into it too much. No, that's cool. I read the book, but I, I felt like I was a little bit behind on the eight ball because – it's a it's a world that's been around for so long. I enjoyed it, but I felt like I would have enjoyed it more if I had uh, been a fan of it prior. When you get done reading that one shot called One Life, yeah, you want to come back and uh, chat about that too because yeah, I'm really interested to see what week. that's like. Chat about it next week. Um, so tune in next week to see my thoughts on this. Uh, um, Neil Gaiman and P. Craig Russell doing One Life. It's a little Elric one shot. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Border Town. Yeah. I want, uh, or is there a book that you want to cover real quick? No, I have less books than you, so. I have less books than no, you. No, you have two. You have, have two, two left. left. Yeah, and I have... because we covered The Walking Dead. Yep. Okay, go with Border Town. Uh, Border Town, baby. I can't believe I missed this. This looks awesome. And it's another vertical. Another vertical book. Oh, the cover is deceiving. Yeah. It's not awesome. No, it, it is, but the cover is deceiving. Don't okay. Be, don't be fooled by. Uh, it looks more like that inside. <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, Border Town is. Uh, the triumphant return of DC Vertigo. Yep. Uh, Vertigo. Well, I don't know books. about return. We've had Vertigo books. The, yeah. This is the real return, though. Now they've got a full line of books that are going to come out monthly all the way slated until, like, March of next year. Okay. Because, so, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Imaginary Fiends. Yep. And then there was one other title. But I think Slow was, trickle of yeah, books. I think that was, like, a test run. Because mm-hmm. uh, no one really talked about the Vertigo ladle being on it or anything like that. They just was like... You and I did. We were both like, we were both like, Vertigo is back, yes. Yeah, so I think that was kind of a trial run. Okay. Can Vertigo books sell? Yeah. And now they've got a full line, uh, starting with Border Town this this month here. But Border Town Mm -hmm. is a very clever book about 
El Chupacabra. El Chupacabra. <laughs> but it starts off with a bunch of podunk, hillbilly, redneck, racist dudes. Damn. Sitting on the border, right? And they're going to get themselves some border runners. Uh, so they're out there pumping shotguns, drinking beers, going to go hunt themselves some border runners. What happens here, you see... El Chupacabra. They run into the El Chupacabra. And the El Chupacabra eats them border runners up real good. Damn. So, Damn, boy. That's a hell of a start to this book. Uh, we have these guys who are, you know, yep. the uh, satirical version of white America. Yep. And these people who are the satirical version of... Mexicans. Border runners. Yep. And they run into the Chupacabra, which is this giant beast... Wearing a like, sombrero. Yeah, that looks like a giant, like, uh, he just, yeah, he looks like the stereotypical. <laughs> he looks like a cross between, Chapo, kind of like he looks the, like a cross between the Hulk and Venom. He looks like a cross between the Hulk, Venom, and Machete. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Robert Trejo. Oh, like Robert man. Trejo was the Hulk. Danny Trejo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Danny Trejo, yes. Yeah. But he looks like Danny Trejo for sure. Yeah. But the Hulk. Yep. Uh, you so, know why You know why I got Cherry Tattoo on my arm? Uh, no. From, from uh, I thought it was such a cool look when he was in Con Air and he had <laughs> all those cherries tattooed on him from the people he's killed. And oh my god! I just made that up. That's not why I got. Okay, that's not god. why I got. I was like, please. That's no. not why I got cherry that's tattoos. Hilarious. I just, I literally just made that up because I'm thinking, what has Danny been in? I'm like, Con Air was fucking awesome. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's how the book opens. Uh, the chupacabra eats people. Okay. And I am revealing that because um, the chupacabra isn't. It, it isn't said that it, that it is the chupacabra until the end of the book. Yeah. But um, our story kind of jumps over to a kid who's moving to this new town. Uh, it's called Devil's Fork, mm-hmm. and uh, he's moving to town as a a really displaced kid with problems. He's never really found his crew, never really found his uh, home, never really found a place that he can be accepted. He's having your modern teenage angst thing. His mom's moving in with this guy who's this long-distance boyfriend, and uh, it, it's a problem. You know okay, I mean? he's sure. He's having the teenage angst years. Sure. So we're kind of getting there. Uh, he gets to school, though, and there's this uh, giant kid wearing a luchador mask banging on a vending machine going, Give me my food! You ate my quarter! <laughs> That's awesome! Yeah. And he's like, uh, here, guy, I got an extra dollar. And this guy's like, oh, gracias, new friend, gracias. And he gives him this big old bear hug, and he's like, okay, that's enough. And uh, this kid comes up to him and uh, tells the big guy to let him go. And they kind of make quick friends. He's like, hey, you're new here, huh? Shakes his hand, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they go on. Uh, he goes into his first class, which is uh, art. He gets there a little late because it's a new school. He has no idea where he's going. He meets up with these two young girls uh, who are the artsy kids of the yeah. school. You know what I mean? They're, they're the artsy nerds of My the school. My cousin and I were the artsy kids of the school. Me too. And so he, well, I um, replaced him. He resigned from his job at the school I work for, and I replaced him. So um, he's running his art gallery now. And he did a summer art class where they made, um, you know, um, little resin sculpture things. Sure. And I showed up at his um, 
gallery uh, uh, last week, and he goes, dude, here. And he threw me something that was kind of rubbery, and I caught it, and it's about the size of a Cadbury egg, and it was a luchador mask. <laughs> and it was awesome. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. That's so cool. <laughs> For some reason, it was, like, the best gift ever. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets to this class here. And he goes to sit down. He, like I said, he's a little late. The, uh, the teacher says, don't worry about it, Frank. Uh, it's your first day. We'll give you a little slack. Is there anything you want to say to the class? Let him know about yourself. He's like, nope. And he goes to sit down. No. But he sits next to these girls. And like I said, they're kind of the artsy kids of the school, the artsy nerds. And they're leaning over to him, whispering to him, asking him all sorts of questions. They're just like, where are you from? What's your deal? Mm-hmm. What's going on? It's like, yep. leave me alone. Like, what the hell? Sh- yeah. Shut up. Like, we'll flirt after class. No. Yeah. He probably didn't even say that. But, uh. They're like, you're the ones who, friend, who who are friends with Blake, right? He's like, what? Who's Blake? And then the one like, he's, he's the Nazi skinhead. He's like, he's what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they're kind of whispering back and forth, and they go, oh, he's a racist. He's like, I'm not a racist. And they're like, no, you're racist. You're friends with the skinhead now. He's like, I am not a racist. I am half Mexican. And he stands up in this, the class and knocks this whole, makes a huge scene over it. And then <laughs> they're like, okay, you need to call. Whoops, whoops. <laughs> but word gets out that he's half Mexican, and one of the kids in the high school tells the skinhead he met in the beginning, who told the big luchador kid to stop, you know, stop hugging him. Yep. But uh, tells him, he comes up to him, punches him in the nose, and is like, you lied to me, man. You represent what you ain't. What? Uh-huh, I know. Represent what you ain't? Yeah. And uh, the kid challenges him to a fight after school out back. Sure. Uh, meanwhile, while this is happening, Chupacabra sightings are happening all over town, and the chupacabra turns out, reveals itself or looks. It takes on the visage of what you're scared, most scared of. Sure. So there's a great little scene of the chupacabra moving through town, and one guy sees it and he's like, "Oh no, a Mexican!" Because he's got the big sombrero on. <laughs> and the next one is like, "Oh no, it's the border patrol, run!" <laughs> so person, terrible. It is. And then the next person's like, "Oh, run! It's Tiki Torch Nazi!" <laughs> tiki Torch Nazi. Yeah, look, he's got the he's got the like preppy look with the tiki torch oh my god <laughs> and then one lady that, screams and she's like ah urban teenager so that is like horrible look kid. what i got in my pocket <laughs> uh a patch i i'm wearing my patched uh venom the for or venom patched vest uh with band, jacket. yeah it's my battle jacket um Basically, it's covered in heavy metal bands like Venom is why I had that in my mind. But I got one in my pocket that I haven't put on yet for the band Refused, and it says Refused Are Fucking Dead, yeah. uh, which was the name of their farewell tour um, as they were quitting, and they put out a DVD named the same. So I have a Refused Are Fucking Dead patch that needs to go on the battle jacket I'm wearing, but I haven't decided if I should put it on there. Because it has the F-bomb on it. Because I'm 37 years old and... You don't need to be sporting an F-bomb on it. No, it's probably not. You wouldn't think so, but <laughs> apparently. Okay. Well, there's a great comic book connection here. Uh, it says, um, the Chupacabra appears to people as their worst fears. And the, the last one is a kid wearing a Batman helmet or a Batman, like... Uh, Mask. Uh, Cowl. Yeah, he's wearing a hat. And he sees the Chupacabra, and it's it's dressed like it's Bane, Bane yep. from, from uh, Dark Knight 3. Yep. Oh, God, Bane! So it's going around eating people, but it appears to you as your worst fear. Yeah. And uh, there's a little allusion to this little old lady who works at La Bonita, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, La Botanica, uh, where she's got all sorts of weird 
hippy dippy crazy stuff. And sure. She's like the oldest resident of this town, and she knows about the chupacabra. And she's like, oh, it's coming back again. She um, knows. Yeah, and then we have an advertisement for DC Vertigo's full lineup. We got Border Town, Hex Wives, uh, Goddess Mode, American Carnage, Safe Sex, High Level, Second Coming, all monthly releases. All I can't wait. Through March. I'm such a Sandman um, follower, and I love all the new titles coming out. Uh, of course, Lucifer already was a series twice, and apparently it's going to be a third one now. Um, if you turn the page, um, in the Sandman universe, there's going to be a new Lucifer comic there's one that just started last week which is literally all about the dreaming which is where the sandman uh resides um the original sandman orpheus um he is dead and his son has now become the new his son daniel is the new sandman um it's pretty good great i'm just getting a dead-eyed stare i've I've never read sandman i have no idea what's going on okay all right. That's, all, that's the only reason I give you the dead state. I'm just like, uh-oh, what did they say? <laughs> what? Do I got a, you didn't say anything I got a bo- anything? Do I got a booger or what? No, I've just never read Sandman. And um, at this point, like, I, I probably just never will because it's just I feel like I'm just like so far behind and there'd be so much I'd have to do to read it. I was so far behind, too. And, of course, I didn't um, – I bought a few issues when it was actually in print. Um, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I just decided to buy um, – them in trade and i loved it because i came in here on free comic book day and spent a 100 bucks and i bought all of the trades at half price so that was awesome you know picking up the entire run i mean they're like 20 bucks 20 25 bucks a piece and picking up all 11 of them um for 100 bucks well I, i had a couple already but you know the majority of them uh totally was awesome so totally worth it yeah I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. And it's it's a good read. I'm sure it is. I continually, it's like my, um, it's like my preacher. I read both of them, both series. Yeah, I'd say so, because I have them in trade, so I can just, you know, grab the next volume and read it. It's not like unpacking a comic book that I've put away in plastic and put it in its box and put that box in its proper place and yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) that jazz comic book collecting is hard work it's tough man you got to be in it to win i don't even know if i'm winning it i'm just in it i don't even know what's going on we're all winning it tyler are we are we speaking of winning yes let's see who the winner of this fight is okay (laughs) i oh i thought we were done with talking about this no i I did too i thought the book was over once sure once the tiki torch nazi oh (laughs) okay well that's why i interrupted you and said let's talk about that lucifer book that i see the ad for I thought it was over too in that, with that ad, and then I was like, "Oh, cool! There's still a half story left." Okay. But uh, the kids meet up at the end of school. They're gonna fight each other. Uh, it turns out that half Mexican guy who just moved to town is a ringer and beats a snot out of the Nazi Nazi kid, which is awesome. Yeah. So beat the ever living piss out of him, and um, the skinhead turns around to his buddies and he's like, "Little hill," and he, the guy hands him a pistol and points it at him. He's like, "We're not done here," and he's like dude, why can't you just take the L? Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell, you're going to go to prison now? For yeah, me? yeah. You just can't take the L in front of your boys? Yep. And uh, Chupacabra shows up. <gasps> yeah. Is he connected to the boy somehow? I don't know. Ah. Find out. But uh, the Chupacabra shows up in the uh, visage of a cop. So uh, uh. we're not sure whose perspective that is. Okay. Uh, but it is revealed that the, one of the characters um, uh, from the high school, one of the girls, she's there in that state illegally. 
So she's afraid of the cops because if she gets caught, her family gets caught and gets deported. So that could be her worst fear. Uh, but it shows up and bites the skinhead kid and runs away uh, after it gets one of the girls picks up the pistol and shoots it. Um, prior to that happening, though, the uh, kid who was wearing the Lustra mask, mm-hmm. uh, the Chupacabra was inching closer and closer to our main character. And the kid in the luchador mask was like, No! Don't hurt my friend! And starts wrestling with it. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and the, it slashes his mask and cuts the mask. And he's like, No! My mascara! Uh, yeah, it's really great. And then um, Chupacabra gets shot. It turns into this little cute little demon. Yeah, yeah. like what looks like what looks like uh, the chupacabra that you see in more of his classic form. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, the Asian girl from the high school uh, from earlier, she goes, "Am I insane or is it kind of cute?" <laughs> <laughs> so the cherries come in. They, they hear the sirens of the police. Woo! The cherry, yep, exactly. Uh, so they're like, "We gotta go. We gotta run." Yep. So they're running, and uh, we get an epilogue here where the chupacabra is going to kind of go lick its wounds. Mm. It's got a gunshot. And it jumps into this interdimensional portal to where we see the land of Mictlan, the capital city of the Aztec underworld. Mm. And it turns out that the Chupacabra is a pretty innocent creature in this world. However, it goes into our dimension to eat. So it's a vicious, a vicious creature on Earth. It's like their dog, you know. Right. It's like. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a it's a vicious creature on our planet of existence, but it's kind of a docile one on this one. Yeah. And then it ends with this giant god-like creature called. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Mictlantecultile. <laughs> that is so close. I'm just kidding. No, it's not. It, but he's the I, I Lord think John just—you just put in like ten extra syllables. There was a lot of consonants in this uh, word. Uh, Lord of the Dead and King of Miklan. Um, but uh, <laughs> I definitely want to pick this one up. After the art, <laughs> but it, it appears to the Chupacabra, and he goes, "El Chupacabra, you fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard reading this, and I thought it was so much fun. And he's got these little like chupacabra minions underneath him with like face mat, like uh, that muscles. page. That page reminds me of Ghostbusters when Gozer is standing there, yeah. and she's got um, her dogs, uh, Lewis Tully and um, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's character. Right? He's got both of them on, or she's got both of them on either side. This is what this looks like, you know? Yeah, I just I like the iconography in this book. I like the art. The story was good because it, you know, it put it's got the teen teen for young millenna for young millennials out there. I'm talking about the original Ghostbusters, <laughs> not the pile of shit that just came out last year. Man, that movie was rough. That was, yeah, my it, wife and I watched like the last 45 minutes of it. At I her was house so, and I was like, I'm so glad we didn't have to watch the whole thing. I'm so bummed that it was satire, really, of the original. It wasn't the original. At least was it took itself seriously. This did not. Um, but that was Border Town, man. I had a lot of fun with it and uh, was really surprised. I did not expect that out of this book. Uh, the cover I have, which is a little deceiving, is um, a Jimenez cover. He does really great art, but it's definitely a lot different than the interior. Um, still a great pickup, uh, a good return yeah. to DC Comics or uh, DC Vertigo with this book. Yeah, I, I understand why they launched with this because it's it's everything DC Vertigo wants to be in terms of it's edgy, it's different, it's uh, weird, 
and uh, it's uh, what DC's Vertigo should be. I definitely got to find one. Yeah, Border Town, number one. Awesome pick. Um, all right, John, pull a Marvel trivia for me. Let's wow. let's let's see what I can mess up on because I know so little. I learned. All right, we've done that one. I know some of them we've done. Well, we're gonna probably see a lot of these. All right, let's see. Daredevil finds the Kingpin's presumed dead wife and returns her to the Kingpin. What is his wife's first name? It's something Russian. Um, I'm thinking Trump now. Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not that. Uh, I Mar- think it's Mar- Russian. What is it? Vanessa. Uh, Vanessa. Okay, no, not what I was thinking. Right. Sorry. Nope. I really suck at this game. <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. True or false, you got a 50-50 shot. True or false, before becoming Jigsaw, Punisher foe Billy Russo's nickname was The Model. It's true. It's false. That's what I said, false. You just misheard me, really. <laughs> Sometimes was, I mumble. His nickname was The Butte. Uh, re- that was horrible. That's a horrible nickname. The, the Butte? The Butte. Yeah. Yep. Hey, man, what did you what do? If, what if we called you The Butte of Comics? I'm hanging out with The Butte. The Butte of Comics. Well, go give me a six-pack, maybe Dirty yep. Dirty, and we'll hang out yep. with Butte. Yeah, hang, work. Why don't you come over to America, hang out with Butte? <laughs> I okay. love, love my country, love my guns, you and got, you're, you're you not going to take them away from me. You got one more chance That's to, not true. to wow me, bro. Okay. And we got to wrap up because the show's been going on for a long time tonight. Yeah, we're almost done. No, I'm not I'm not worried about it, but uh, we got to get through just a couple more books, and we call it good. Uh, um, all right. This has got to be a good one. Nope, that we've done that one too. I'm gonna find one that you're gonna get. Oh boy! Oh boy! Who assembled the team of heroes to battle Chaos King and his forces in the Chaos World? Captain America. Hercules. That's what I. That's what I didn't say. I don't know, man. I, you know, I read. <laughs> Some books out of Marvel. These questions are hard. These are overarching Marvel. I mean, they 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 go from beginning of time to whenever this game was um, published. Like 2005, probably. Yeah, and so, <laughs> man, some of these are just really obscure. <sighs> Let's see. True or false? Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, was the first leader of the Thunderbolts team. False. Who was? He was, huh? No. Who was? You're right. It's false. Oh, who was? Yeah. Uh, it was uh, the Red Hulk. It was the General Ross. Baron Zemo was oh. the original leader. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. You're going to like this one. Uh, hopefully you remember it from the movie. With that, with what longtime foe did Doctor Strange merge to fight the Hulk during the events of World War Hulk? A, Zom. B, Dormammu. Or C, Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of his main main villain. Yeah. Or main dude. Yeah. Dormammu. I'm here to bargain. I'm here to bargain. That was a little bit of a crappy um, way to I loved it. Rest, restore balance. I loved it. Did you? It's clever. You thought it was clever? Yeah. I was just bored. Because that's, that's so many times. He, Dormammu. 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 But uh, it's... Dormammu. It's the human ingenuity and the human the human brain beating God. Yep. It's the cleverness of the human beating the God because yeah. the God thinks he's all powerful. Yeah, so. and then the God just got so upset he just okay, fine. Yeah, because he's stuck. Yeah. Like, 
end this. This is bull. I've been wasting all of my time. All of eternity. In this loop. Well, same thing with same thing with Doctor Strange. He's just gonna be stuck in that loop yeah. because he's got those gauntlets on. So he's just gonna continually be killed and be brought back and killed and be brought. Eventually, he'll get bored of it. Yeah, and, and it did. did. Yeah. Okay, new lieutenants of metal. How is the new lieutenants of metal? This is issue number two or number three. Wow. Yeah. Um. Mark, um, Mark Wagner. Wagner, Mark Wagner. We had him on the show a month or two ago. We love the first one. Yeah. Um, Has it tapered off for you? If you go into it knowing you are going to read pure silliness, yeah, then it's cool. Yeah. You know, don't expect anything cool out of it or anything like that. This is pure. Now, how would we make heavy metal, the music genre, into a fun comic book? How you know these guys are going to take take their metal seriously and they become a superhero team called the new lieutenants of metal and one of the guys cannot control his werewolf abilities he is known as steppenwolf and <laughs> of course he is man a warrior has been missing for quite a while he was a he was abducted by the beeb man a warrior man a warrior oh like man like man a war yeah man a warrior yep i got you yep and he was abducted by what the beeb like, George, like Justin Bieber? Yep, but in here he's just the Beeb. And he's <laughs> Kinda like the Beeb. And he's got and he the, <laughs> the Beeb the Beeb has got several um the you know, lookalikes with him that, you know, do whatever he says, pop, you know, cliches everywhere. So this third issue is all about the new lieutenants of metal against the Beeb Nation, they're called. And uh <laughs> Oh man, Man of Warrior manages to escape, but the leader um, of their gang, um, they rescue him, but the leader of the new lieutenants of metal just gives him such shit. She goes, he goes, so you were a captive. You've got to be kidding me. What kind of true metal mil- uh, militia man lets himself get snatched by the enemy? What were you thinking? And, and then, uh, one of the other members goes, now that's tough love. Yeah. It is. It's, it's like Metalocalypse, but uh, but uh, penned like yeah. uh, Adventure Time. Like, yes, uh, it's drawn like Adventure Time, the, but yet it's it uh, takes itself. I mean, it presents itself very seriously. Like okay, the characters right. are very serious about it, like Metalocalypse, where they're like, you know, we're metal, black metal, right? You know, um, but it's drawn almost like Gumball or uh, uh, Gravity Falls. It's, yep. I like it. Um, it's, it's cute. So the Beeb wants to have a dance off. Oh, um, no. Anyway, so the new lieutenants of metal are like, not a chance. We're we just gonna, we're just gonna beat you up. We don't dance. <laughs> anyway, from the sky comes raining down anti-metal assault troops, <laughs> pop drones. They're called. <laughs> this book is great. Oh man, you should get in on it. Great. You should get in on it. I should. This is- hilarious um but yeah so it's so funny it's got like a little bit of a scott pilgrim vibe to it yep that's a funny book it is it is really funny only on issue number three that's yep. an image book too right yeah cool. so you just really can't take it um like yeah you can't take it seriously it's no it's no it's not meant to be it's meant to just be fun this is my good time want to just laugh my ass off rick and morty style pleasure book. yeah you know when you're watching rick and morty you're like that was so fucking dumb yeah. and then you're just laughing it's like that yeah absolutely um, well, I'll just get a quick spot on the siege or the last siege, and then you can wrap up with Bully Wars here before we send you guys off to Betty Bye. 
Um, but the last siege has been really good. We're on issue number four. I grabbed this one because it was the uh, approved by the Comics Code Authority variant, which are slightly more mature covers. This one features uh, one of the main characters chopping off one of the other. I have not seen a Comic Code logo on a comic book in 15 years. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a, a gimmick this month that they're doing. I think even Bully Wars featured one uh, with the, the uh, one uh, kid farting on the other kid. Yeah. So, uh, but Last Siege is a medieval book, um, and I like it because it's very 13th Warrior. It's got uh, Shades of 300 in there, and uh, it's just a cool kind of Arthurian re- uh, Arthurian read uh, with King Arthur and all that. Sure. Uh, in terms of you know being a medieval book, a medieval kind of fantasy book, uh, but it's just fun. I like it. It's cool. It's uh, there's not really much to say about it without reading it because. It's only going to be six issues, and I don't want to get too far into it because there's so many moving pieces, but overall story was a guy shows up at a castle, claims he's the king now, and it turns out that he is decreed the king from the original king because the original king died in battle, and he sent this guy back to this place to be the head the head of it now. Okay. And um, the lord of the land, because he might be king of the castle, he might be king of the castle, but he's not king of this land right the king of the land has heard that he this guy's taken over so he's got his army coming to attack and that's hence the last siege because there's a giant army coming this guy who's in this small little podunk castle is going to fend off an army of thousands with 80 jeez yeah it, it even shows that right in the end the the foreshadowing because it's, they, it's they've very had some, they've had some intrigue that has happened who's, prior. who's the artist uh because that looks very familiar uh, the artist of this book is justin greenwood okay justin no greenwood. don't know justin greenwood but uh, right at the end here we have the foreshadowing of the army coming. oh yeah that's totally lord of the rings where the sunrise is coming up and you the see Uruk-hai. yep that, yeah. the urukai is out there but then you see gandalf right with the other nations he's gathered yes. to come help um it reminds me of that Uh, Bully Wars, number one, from Image by Scotty Young. Uh, He wrote I Hate Fairyland. Um, He's currently writing the new Deadpool. Uh, He's a busy guy. He wrote one issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. He's really known for his cover work. Yeah. and he he does a lot of good covers. And he was writing that funny Oz series. Uh It's a spoof on the Wizard of Oz kind of stuff. Yeah, and he's got a very playful art style. Mm -hmm. There's a a sense of uh, children at play when it, when you look at his art. Yep. Um, he just wrote this, though. Uh, yep. Aaron Conley wrote, uh, drew it, and Jean-Francois Bellieu did the colors. Sorry if I butchered that name. Uh, lettering by Nate Picos of Blambot. I'm guessing that they hired a company to do lettering, and it just so happened to be Nate Picos that did the work. Um, I mean, why else would it say Nate Picos of Blambot? <laughs> Maybe he's really, really proper, and the land he comes from is called Blambot. He comes from Blambot. I doubt. My name is Nate Petros of Blambot. I doubt it, because there is a registered trademark behind Blambot. Maybe. Okay. Uh, They live in Rottenville. Okay. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) They live in Rottenville. Um, Okay, population, a bunch, but not too much. That's funny. Yep. Anyway, this kid's getting ready for school. He's so pumped. He's like the nerd. And he has tons of books. He has way more than 
um, is required for the first day of school. He calls it little extra light reading. Um, Classic nerd. Yep. So then he comes up on his two best friends. They happen to be twins, a brother and sister twin, who starts giving him a hard time at the bus stop about, you know, having so much crap on the first day of school. And before they're able to get on the bus, the bully from middle school, because they're all going into high school now. Bully from middle school shows up. Rufus Roughhouse. Nice. That's a good bully name. Yeah. Rufus Roughhouse. So anyway, Rufus is convinced he's going to rule the high school as the King bully. penultimate bully. And turns out he's not. Rufus gets his butt kicked by a bigger bully. The resident bully. The resident bully. Because high school's high school and you got seniors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Rufus finds this out really quick. Um, I'm trying to find the, the, the big bully's name. Hawk. H-O-C-K. Hawk. Hawk. Yep. That's, that's a great bully not, name, too. Not, H-O-C-K. Yeah, not Hawk like a bird. Right. Yeah. Hawk. Like hawk a Yep. <laughs> yep. And then uh, he's got a shirt that looks like a kiss shirt, but it says zits. Nice. Yep. Um, it's just a really fun, again, going along with my lieutenants of, new lieutenants of metal kind of thing if you want something just to laugh and you know have fun and go that's totally high school this is an um, all ages book yeah yeah and then Which uh is rare for image to do yeah because this is this is rated e for everyone that's cool and but it still has something in it for adults too i yeah. i I've, i found it was humorous into uh, that ruin world book we covered a while back yeah know, it's got something there for it's meant for kids but it, adults will enjoy I, it I still i still read Ru- ruin world mm-hmm. um well, anyway, by third period, um, Hawk, or not Hawk, but uh, Rufus Roughhouse has had the worst day he can ever imagine. It just keeps getting worse and worse for him. And by the end, the nerd of the book that the book started off with, he comes up with a plan to help Rufus become the king of the school again. And so... Um, so he's going to help him win. Yeah. Bully wars. Yeah, because the bully wars are something that Rufus didn't even know about. He wasn't even invited to participate, and this is bugging him the whole he's time. not even on the radar. No, and it's pissing him off that that guys like Hawk don't even consider him in the running. And so the the kid who's been bullied by Rufus since the first grade takes it upon himself, he's going to help him help you win the bully wars. That's and cute. I might pick that up. Yeah, and so I'm excited for issue two. The cover looks great. Looks like it's got. Um, looks like John Cena. Yeah, it looks like John <laughs> Cena. I'm guessing he's the gym coach. Sure. And on his hat says number one bully. So. Oh okay. Uh, but he's an, a definitely an adult holding on to all the children by his hand, kind of. Maybe he's in charge of this whole bully wars thing. And yeah. You know what I mean, yep. children usually take after some sort of adults' uh, uh, influence. Maybe he's the one kind of pulling all the strings and all this. Yeah. Cool. That's Bully Wars, a rated ebook from Image, which is fun. So I um, I literally picked it up because uh, it didn't look that interesting to me story wise, but the art was so bright and pop. It's you know, very in your face, but in your face in a way that is attention grabbing and not overbearing. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, I gotta read this. What the hell is Bully Wars about? And yeah, I, fun. oh yeah, it was a lot of fun because. Um, in my, I had a really, really hard elementary into middle school time. I was bullied more than I think. Well, I was definitely bullied more than I'd ever let on to my parents. You know, I, I, I was miserable at school. I hated 
I hated everything, you know. And um, so reading this was like, oh, my God, that's that's so true. Or or going, that's ridiculous. That's not how bullies act, you know. Right. The bullies that I had to deal with, they were terrifying. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and uh, scary, where I, a couple of them I thought literally were insane to, that were going to. Going to kill you. Oh, yeah. And so uh, it's just kind of fun. It's fun to make light of it. I know it's weird, but a comic book podcaster was bullied. Hmm. <laughs> Who would have thought? In a world like this? And, huh? <laughs> where I have a side hobby as a podcaster about comic books. Right. Right. Well, that's going to wrap us up this week. We had a lot of coverage. We have a lot of content. Yeah. Tyler revealed a lot of things about his family. I'm not sure that he wants to still be in this episode. <laughs> About my, oh, my in-law family. I'm like, yes. my family? Yes. Oh, man, my family's worse. Uh, <laughs> my wife's family oh, may, God, my wife's family may be, you know, backwoods, hillbilly. Um, but, you know, my family is mentally ill on scary levels. Uh, several of mem- members of my family. So, okay. uh, so. If we got into my family, there would be like, oh my God, are you, you're, you're serious? You know? And so, uh, Peggy, Peggy's, yeah, Peggy's family is like fun to tear apart because it's just so, they're just so ridiculous. They're, they're characters of the Beverly Hillbillies, uh, but without Beverly Hills, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Just insert Clark, South Dakota. Clark, 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 South Dakota. Well, thanks so much, you guys, for listening. Uh, like the podcast. Share the podcast with your friends if you think that anybody else would in- enjoy our inane babble. Uh, other than that, though, if you wanted any of the books that we talked about this week with some exclusions, uh, you can definitely come down to Rainbow Comics, Cards, and Collectibles, 3310 South Minnesota in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or 1501 Pine Lake Road in Lincoln, Nebraska, Suite 17. Um, I said with some exceptions because... Some, sell out. some of them are all sold, sold out, yeah. Yeah, but you can also get a pull list at those locations set up, and the, the books can be pulled for you for future reference, and they won't run out. Uh, also, you may check them out everywhere on the World Wide Web at rainbowcomicsandcards.com. And our information is smashandgrabcomics.com. That's smash, the letter N, grabcomics.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, um What's the Twitter and you didn't know Twitter? Twi- I don't I don't I don't really do twits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that twatter stuff. Uh, I, I'm not really a twatter. Uh but um I'm taking my microphone out of its hole. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go. for the send off. Oh know it, son. Uh and then you also are handling our Snapchat. Not ours. It's it's rain. It's rainbows. Oh, okay. Because you've posted um, stuff about this show on there. Yeah. So that okay. So it's rainbows. We should start one. Yeah. We should start. I've already one. got two Snapchat accounts. I don't need a third. I have zero, but Do it. I'm already doing two Instagram accounts. <laughs> Three actually, because I have two I of my own. Yeah. Separately, not really because, like, the separate one, they're separate accounts. The clone account mm-hmm. um, doesn't let you do certain things, really. Well, it doesn't let me like personalize the image and icon, it's just it's a it's 
it's a clone account, but a clone account light kind of thing. Like you can't. There's some things you can't do. I'm not saying you can't run it that way. You totally can't. Right. If I had to do it again, I would create a whole new one. Yeah. And um, do it differently, but it's literally just JP at Rainbow. So I mean, okay. it's not like it's something where it's officially a Rainbow one. It's just okay. More like me at Rainbow. Hey, where'd you get these flies in here? I don't know, but I want to kill it so bad. Uh, you know, this is this is this is audio so you guys can't see obviously but jp and i have been shooing flies away from our face and i did it once a minute ago and hit my pop can and <laughs> <laughs> the whole world's coming to an end cats and dogs living together anyway That's be for smash and grab comics the beard is going home anything to say there pretty boy uh you should call me the butte from now on the butte or not, I'd all right say, see you later guys all see right and we are off. Goodbye, Butte.